wrestling fans, are you ready? This is Tuesday. You people bought a ticket to see me, so shut up. Wrestling Tuesday with Jonathan Hood. First of all, Dusty Rhodes, I think what you are is a big, ugly, low-class, redneck goose. That's what I think you are. Yeah, I'm pretty. I know I'm pretty. But I'm most of all the baddest man around in the world today. Follow the show at Wrestling TWT on Twitter and Instagram. But remember, my fireflies, as always, I'll light the way. And all you have to do is let me in. Tuesday, Wrestling Tuesday. The bottom line is, in all my magnificent, you're going to be mine. Another edition of Tuesday Wrestling Tuesday with me, Jonathan Hood. Follow the show on Twitter and on Instagram at WrestlingTWT. So glad to have you with us. A number of things we're going to talk about on this edition of Tuesday Wrestling Tuesday, including the controversy with Jordan Miles, the old ACH, Jordan Miles of the WWE. For those of you that have not heard the story, we will talk about it with J.R. Bang from the First Black Champ Podcast. Wherever you download your podcast, look for First Black Champ Podcast. But the story goes like this. NXT wrestler Jordan Miles continued to air his displeasure at WWE and other wrestling promotions via social media on Monday morning, saying, amongst other things, that the WWE doesn't care about black people. That delete that uh, tweet now is deleted. Miles also called out Ring of Honor for racism and referred to Jay Lethal as an Uncle Tom. The 31-year-old Miles uh, took umbrage with a t-shirt design Saturday that was compared to blackface imagery, saying that if Vince McMahon and Paul Levesque, if that was their vision for him, it was a slap in the face to all African-American wrestlers, fans, and supporters. He remained active on Twitter throughout Sunday, promoting supporters to change their profile pictures to black and white in protest, among other retweets of support for his position. The WWE released a statement late Sunday night saying Miles had approved the design, but the design had been pulled, adding they collaborate with their talents on input and approval before moving forward. Um, What Miles said in response to the WWE's statement is that he saw that image, but it was on a white background, meaning it was a white T-shirt, not a black T-shirt. And he says, you can see the racist intentions um, in that T-shirt. Well, after seeing the T-shirt, I don't disagree with what Jordan Miles is saying. And it's one of those things where if you feel like you've been wrong or if you feel like African-American wrestlers have been wrong because of the imagery of that T-shirt, you definitely have to say something. Uh, I don't think that what Jordan is saying is going to affect other black wrestlers as far as their pay or whether or not they're going to be with the company or not. You should be able to speak out. You speak out to Vince and Triple H and whoever is running NXT, and you talk to them about it, if they turn a blind eye to it, if you feel like you need to speak out about it, you should speak out about it for sure. Um, the way I handle business is, is that um, it's not about social media. It's about being able to confront someone or talk to someone about something that's not right. And 
if you're not going to get any headway from that conversation, then I think that you have to speak out and let people know that this isn't right. Um, saying that WWE doesn't care about black people probably is a stretch. Uh, there is plenty of examples that we're going to talk to J.R. Bang about regarding how African-Americans have been portrayed on television as characters. But at the same time, if that's where, if that, if that's good for Jordan and that's good for him, is it good for other black wrestlers? That's the thing. I don't think that they're going to be damaged by this because the WWE is such a big machine. It's just about... You could just take Seth Rollins off and the WWE is not going anywhere. You could take Randy Orton away. You could take Kofi Kingston away. And the WWE machine is going to continue to roll because it's bigger than individual wrestlers now. It's not. There's no Hogan. There's no Cena. There's no Bruno San Martino. Uh, there's no Bret Hart. There's no Shawn Michaels that can cripple the company. So let's talk to J.R. Bang about this from the first Black Champ podcast right here on TWT. Tuesday Wrestling Tuesday rolls on here, and uh, don't forget our YouTube page as well, youtube.com. Look for Tuesday Wrestling Tuesday. You will find my first conversation with J.R. Bang there on the YouTube page. Subscribe and uh, download again on the YouTube page. We go to the first Black Champ podcast. One of the co-hosts of the show is J.R. Bang. You can find a first Black Champ podcast wherever you download your podcast, and Bang joins me here on ESPN 1000 and the Tuesday Wrestling Tuesday podcast. Bang, thanks so much for your time. Oh, man, thank you. I'm always down to jump on this podcast. I uh, I want to get your initial reaction because I already started the podcast talking about the Jordan Miles story that broke the last couple of days. What was your initial reaction when you saw ACH just kind of going in on the WWE because of the T-shirt? So my first reaction was looking at the shirt and saying that this is common sense for a black person, that this is not the design to go with. Uh, but as, as I've been doing lately is tempering my, my outrage because you don't know the whole story. Um, so my first thought was, yeah, this is common sense to ACH, but this is definitely one of the main reasons why we need more representation in major corporations, especially the wrestling business. To me, there's two stories at work here. Because we are focusing on the t-shirt, and we should, because clearly it's a Sambo t-shirt. Whether, By the way, whether it's on a white backdrop or a black backdrop, you don't see the teeth and how white those teeth is around a red logo. I don't care what color it is, that seems strange. But but nonetheless, I will, yep. I will say this, that... It's that story, but also his tweet from October 28th, from yesterday, as we record this, the whole WWE system is a fraud. They create this system where you can't trust anyone, you grow cold, and you grow apart from what you love the most. And then he goes in on Hulk Hogan, talking about him still being employed, um, after giving his locker room apology and being caught saying some things that he shouldn't be saying. So that was part of uh, Jordan Miles' tweet. So there's two things, bang. The T-shirt and also the WWE system, so he's he's pissed at everything, all of it. Yeah. So this is this is definitely one of those situations where, as far as the system, I, I totally understand. But you're a part of the system. Um, this this is definitely a situation where you can be right about more than one thing. Um, where we if if. Let's be real, Hood. If if I'm working in 
the the graphics department or if I'm working with WWE shop, if I see that T-shirt, whether it's white or whether it's black, whether it's gray, because when it comes to Sambo menstrual situations, like, like content, it's really about the lips and the teeth. Yes. You can, you will know and see what's going on just by the lips and the teeth. So the red and the teeth, I'm going to be able to go to that person and say, before he even gets the Jordan Miles, that's not the that's not the T-shirt we want to go with. And then I'm going to better, I'm going to be the person that's going to be able to explain to said person why this is not where we should go with this T-shirt. Now, to flip it, right? They might say, you know what? We're going to go to Triple H. We're going to go to Vince. We're going to have this conversation. I'm going to go to Triple H and Vince and say the same thing. Because of historical nature of the lips, the teeth, all that, we don't want to go there because that's going to cause a controversy with your black wrestlers. Now, the issue number, the issue that we're going to have as black wrestlers or as black people is what I said on Twitter yesterday. It's like the get along game complex where... I'm not saying that this is something that Triple H or Vince would do, but I'll just give an example. Triple H or Vince might be like, ah, it's 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 2020, basically. We're over that. Nobody's looking at that. No, don't nobody even know who the Three Stooges is. And don't nobody know what all of this stuff is. This is a great T-shirt. We like how he smiles. That's that's going to be great. That, that it's going to be awesome. So then, as the wrestler, who T-shirt that is. I need to make a choice. And clearly, Jordan Miles made the choice to go with the T-shirt from the white version that he saw. But he even said that, you know, he basically said in the, his tweets, you know, that, you know, my situation, being in a wrestler, this is where I want to be at all my life. You know, it was like, you know, the white T-shirt is good. But then he saw the black T-shirt. He's like, nah, that's not it. He should have said that with the white T-shirt, black T-shirt pink t-shirt blue t-shirt that was always going to be the case but even he kicked it off with because of no that don't happen if you stand your ground but and i used a i used greg the hammer valentine um a promo that he did after wrestlemania one where he called junkyard dog a mean old a mean nasty black man and how he was going to leave a mark in the uh, in the canvas, and that was in 1985. Right. Now, I'm sorry if I'm junkyard dog. I'm listening to that promo. I know what that promo is because I know he's going to say beforehand. I'm listening to that promo, and I'm saying, "Nah, we're not on that." But what the junkyard dog probably do? That's my man. That's my homie. We go up the road with each other. I've known him for years. I know that's not a race. I know there's not a racist bone in his body. And there's probably not a racist bone in Greg the Hammer Valentine's body. It's probably not a racist bone in that designer's body. But what happens is, is when you see things and people don't know the undertones and, and basically what they're drawing or what they're doing. And if you're not explaining why that's not good, that's what starts that get along game process. And where then when somebody said that's racist, then now that white person is saying, Ain't no racist bone in my body. I'm I'm all good and it's not and it's not about Greg the Hammer Valentine. It's not about that artist. It's about the millions of Caucasian uh, white people who are going to be looking at that. And out of those million, maybe ten percent of those million 
are racist. And they're going to look at that design and they're going to say, oh, he's a Sambo. He's the N-word. Or they're going to listen to Greg the Hammer Valentine's promo and they're going to say, oh, Junkyard Dog is a mean, a mean, nasty black man. Mm-hmm. He's a dirty black man. He's this, he's that. Ooh, and then when they go to the state, when they go to the um, arena, when they go to the stadium and they boo him, that's going to give that white person, that 10%, the, 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 the courage to call him an N-word, to call him a Sambo and some other derogatory words that you'll get that black wrestlers, black wrestlers get when they go to some of these arenas, when they go to some of these events. So we have to have more representation, but we need more of these black wrestlers to speak up on these issues. Uh, Titus O'Neil had this uh, statement. He says that I'm in a hundred percent in agreement that the T-shirt is very distasteful. That being said, uh, bringing others into this to vent your frustrations or issues that have nothing to do with WWE or the shirt is also very distasteful. It's for hashtag the for the culture. Don't attack those in it. And so that is a reference to Jay Lethal. Another layer to this bang. So. I kind of know Jay Lethal. I've talked to him several times. You know, um, great to talk to. Has a great perspective on the business. I don't know the relationship between Ace uh, between I say ACH, but I, I don't know the the whole issue with Jordan Miles and um, and uh, you know Jay Lethal. But that um, to me, if you're trying to empower and trying to make a statement for black wrestlers. You don't bury another black wrestler in the process. You just don't do that. Man, that was that was the most disappointing out of what I saw yesterday, and I didn't see that. Um, he took the but you actually, you take the steam out of your message, bang when you when you are are giving black empowerment in the WWE or in wrestling in general, and then shit on Jay Lethal. Yeah, yeah. Shouts out, um, shouts out to. Um, Someone that I follow on 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 Twitter, they have their own podcast, um, the Black Guy Wrestling Podcast. Yes, um, uh, Poetic Cripple on Twitter. He sent it to me because I didn't see it. Um, I was just like, "Why is everybody talking about Jay Lethal?" And then when he when he sent me the tweet, that almost null and void everything that Jordan Miles said, and. And, and and just to read what he said again, F R O H two, they own they own well duh, only allow one African American to be the top guy. Why guys like Cedric Alexander, T D, um, um, Machiavelli, that's um, Stokely, um, St- Stokely, Stokely Hathaway, Carmichael. yeah, um, Stokely Hathaway. They've now since changed his name in the WWE, uh, which they need to change it back. But anyway, um, <laughs> and myself had to chase this visible carrot on. Um, Visible care of the stick. Name another African American who reached great heights there other than this Uncle Tom. And it's a picture of Jay Lethal. That, my friends, right there, almost null and void everything that he said. Because when you are going in that direction, you do not need to put another black man down. But more importantly, you don't need to say the two words, the name Uncle Tom. When you do that, you're taking it in a direction that it does not need to go in. You do not have to demean another black man to get your point across about what's going on. Now, with that being said, ROH ain't the only place 
where there's only one African-American guy to be the, be allowed to be the top guy. I've said for years that wrestling is almost like the comedy business where you're always going to have one Eddie Murphy, one Bill Cosby, one Richard Pryor going on at one time. And then you have everybody else underneath it. That's not just going to happen in ROH. That ha- Name me, and you've been in this business longer than me, but the only the only time that I can think of where it was two African-American men main eventing and selling out arenas was Mid-South Wrestling with Junkyard Dog um, and Butch Reed. Yeah, two at the same time, correct. At the same time. Right, because I would say... That D'Lo and The Rock were different, were in the same same company, but different levels. Because D'Lo was the European champion, and he was kind of like the um, you know the start off match, the top, yeah. you know, and then The Rock would be the main event. It's not that's not quite the same though, because we're talking about the reason why you come to the arena. The Rock was the reason why you came to the arena, along with Stone Cold and Triple H and all that. But those were headliners in Mid South. Right. Junkyard Dog under Bill Watts was the the number one draw in New Orleans and in, in that Mid South territory, um, and I'm looking around the landscape of wrestling and like we can go back to Bobo Brazil, but Bobo was not he was a draw, but not at the top of the card. He would wrestle for the champ for the title, but you know how the promoters are. You know Bobo, you're better you're better without the title because you're our number one babyface. Mm-hmm. So so he never was in that spot either, Bang. He was never in that top spot where he was the draw as champion. Right. So that's the only time that I could think of it um, in my lifetime, um, especially. Like, I, I could go to go through Mid-South Wrestling um, on the WWE Network and see it. And it was a shock to see, like, Junkyard Dog and, and Butch Reed going at it, you know, in the Superdome. Like, and I've... And I've always said, and I've said it on on your podcast, how I I can't wait for the day that we have multiple wrestlers of African-American descent winning and not necessarily being a tag team or or having to wrestle each other that don't necessarily have to be around each other. And And we're getting to that because the New Day ain't necessarily around Ricochet and they ain't calling Ricochet all the time and... Um, they're not like Titus. Like Titus Worldwide is not managing the New Day, so we're almost there. But as I said on your podcast, on First Black Champ, on on numerous podcasts, when Kofi loses the title, what happens next? We're not going to have another African American that's at the top of the card. That's why I was campaigning openly that the New Day break up. Um, by Big E basically destroying the New Day, which will boost Big E up to main event status, and you can have those two go at each other. You basically have another junkyard dog and a Butch Reed. So, but that goes into this conversation when he says you're only allowed one African American to be the top guy. That goes into that. Um, if we're not building up these wrestlers, if we're not building up these characters, if we're saying. Oh, you're good over here. You're a baby face. You you sell all these t-shirts. You you people come to the arena to see you. The kids love you, but we're not gonna put you over there, right? You know, we're basically we're basically going to Jake the Snake Roberts you, you know, and you're not gonna hold the major title, but 
you're going to be one of our main eventers. Like, that happens to black wrestlers more than that happens to anybody. And being the we have the lack of or the, the least amount of people that's working there, it's not going to help things either. So this just goes to the point that I made on your show weeks weeks ago and what I've said on many shows is that the outreach to the African-American community needs to start happening with all of the major wrestling companies. Um, it should have happened. Um, but maybe this Jordan Miles issue, if he works it correctly, would be the first step in that. What's not putting it in the right direction is calling somebody as respected as Jay Lethal or any black man in this business or Uncle Tom. So, so Bang, do you believe, as you mentioned on First Black Champ, the you said you want to hear from Naomi, and oh my God, I want to hear from her, just on just on PC, just on general principle. I just I want to I want to hear from her. Um, she's, yes. I want to see her on television again. I miss her. Um, but so from from her from other black wrestlers, do you believe they should rally around Jordan, or did he alienate? other black wrestlers by dissing Jay Lethal and just going in saying that the WWE doesn't care about black people all around because there's two schools of thought. One school of thought is all black wrestlers come to Vince and, and Paul Levesque and they all have to sit down and have this conversation or maybe some look at what Jordan said about uh, Jay Lethal and how he feels about the WWE overall, and maybe they separate themselves from it. What do you, what do you think is best, or what do you think is going to happen? Somebody got to have an OG conversation with Jordan Miles. Um, for those of you who don't who, who listen to Tuesday uh, Wrestling Tuesday podcast and might hear um, OG conversation, maybe like yo, what what is an OG conversation? One of the old heads in that locker room needs to pull Jordan Miles to the side and have a real honest conversation about the things that he said, the good things and the bad things. And there were a lot of things that he had a point on. But when you're calling another black wrestler, Uncle Tom, you're not going to get my support. Um, but you have to weigh the good and the bad. And to me, there was more good at what Jordan Miles said than it was bad. It's just that that bad was a very big bad. Um uh, but again, what he said about black, about wrestling in general, he's right on. He just went a little bit too far. And I'm also I'm also a little bit taken aback when people use Pac, Tupac in their conversations. Like um, like Jesse Smollett said that he was the gay Tupac, you know. Um, <laughs> Boosie said he was the new Tupac, you know. Leave Tupac out of this. He's either dead or he's in Cuba. Leave him alone. He ain't got nothing to do with this. Stop trying to compare yourself to Tupac when it comes to these matters. But an OG conversation needs to be had. Titus O'Neil, Booker T um, have been the most vocal. And I believe that, I, and this is my hope. I don't think that it happened because the way the content came out. But this is my hope that they had a conversation with Jordan Miles before they went on Twitter or before they went on their podcast and denounced that part. But I'm going to say this again, and I don't know how many black wrestlers that you might be in tune with. I don't know how many black wrestlers um, that, that follow you or talk to you on a daily basis when you go out to these events. But I'm going to say it here. Pull that man under your wing. Listen to him and have an honest conversation about the state of wrestling when it comes to black men and women. Because he is right on that level. 
there's not a lot of us in the first place. So, and, and, and I hate that I'm saying this part, but it has to be said. If Jay Lethal was doing the get-along gang stuff with the upper management of ROH, he's going to have the feelings that he stated in that tweet. Right. He's going to have it. You just don't say it in the way that he said it. Here's, if I'm be- Go ahead. I just said the, the way I would handle it is professional like i'm i'm stepping to vince and and triple h and those that are in the wwe and expressing my displeasure now if they if they turn a blind eye to it you say something like that's just me and radio like my the first thing the first thing for me is i'm stepping to management about my displeasure about something if you turn a blind eye to it people will know that you did and i will express my thoughts on it and so they can't say well how come you didn't come to me well i did come to you and you and you did nothing about it and but to just throw a flamethrower on everybody and everything because you're pissed off that's a problem. Now, I'll say this, and I mentioned this to you before, Bang, and I know you have a, several friends that said this as, as well about the New Day. Uh, I, I, I will, I've I said this many times on this show. I'm very uncomfortable with that persona. I'm glad that they are in the position that they're in. I'm glad that Kofi was able to win the, the championship because it proves that he can be able to hold the title, even though, once again, Kofi was the champion, but really wasn't the champion. In the same way that CM Punk or Bray Wyatt was, he held the championship, but was not in a main event status on television. Maybe on house shows, but not on television. But at least he was able to be the champion. But that pancake flipping shit is not right. Yeah, I don't like the pancakes. Well, like the well pancakes. just, I mean, but, but here's the thing. Black Rusters getting over the WWE. All right, great. So the New Day is, were in that position, but... You got to be able to flip pancakes for me, you know. Um, Ron Killings, Ron Killings. There's the OG that you're talking about, a guy that's been around yeah. for a long time. Even though he's well preserved, you can't tell that Ron Killings is almost fifty years old. <laughs> but he's been around for a long time. But that's a conversation you have with Ron Killings. On the flip side, uh, Ron's had to do a lot of dumb shit to be able to even get TV time. Um, Bobby Lashley in a in a in this situation here, Bobby Lashley was just a strong man. Was in in this big spot uh, in WrestleMania, part of with Donald Trump, which seems like it was like you know many 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 years ago. But with the whole thing with Vince McMahon and the shaving of the head, Bobby Lashley is part of that matchup. Bobby now is in part of this love triangle with a white woman, which I'm let's sure. Let's say it right. Let's say it right. It's blacked raw. Yeah, it's Black Raw. That's Not right. Even love triangle. Yeah. Black Raw <laughs> is, 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 is Chuck Holding Zolak. You say Chuck Holding? That was <laughs> yes. <laughs> all of that. <laughs> There's been two Chuck Holding storylines within the WWE, uh, right after each other. That one didn't happen though. It was just brought up because you know the baby wasn't his. You know the ricochet thing. But then right after it, you give it to Bobby Lashley. And I'm, hey, I don't know who listen to the show, but if you go type in Black Raw, don't do it at work. Do it at home. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But if you type in Black Raw, you're gonna understand what I'm talking about, ladies and gentlemen. That's what this storyline is. You know, crime time. Somebody had- on that writing staff watches too much porn. <laughs> crime time had to do. That's Paul Heyman. Uh, uh, you know, uh, you know, crime time had to be, you know, people that steal. So it's it's a lot of examples of it. But I will. But here's this, bang. 
Jordan Miles, in the same way as Amber Moon, is the same way as Cedric Alexander, is the same way as some of the other young African American wrestlers in this in that company. They got it good as far as their persona. They don't have to carry a bird around and dance. Thank God. And Devon Dudley, by the way, is one of those guys also who's worked with the company that he should talk to as well. Yeah. Hey, it's it's and I don't want to make it seem like I'm saying unionized because I'm not saying that even though it should be some type of stuff that goes on wrestling when it comes to healthcare and all these things. But I love seeing the pictures that I see of all of the African-American wrestlers at NXT. Yeah, I loved seeing that photo a couple of years back of all of the black wrestlers who had titles in the WWE. But let me let me say this for your white listeners. Make no mistake about it. While that's dope, that doesn't mean that, oh, racism is dead. No, it does not, ladies and gentlemen. It, it, it does not mean that by no stretch of the amount. Uh, no stretch. It's, it's still around. And and you can have you can have those thoughts, those ideas, and not necessarily be a racist. These things are, are put into our minds. When it comes to a lot of the things that you see on TV, I, I, I said something to somebody like, you know, about scary movies, about how how the white kids that sit up in the corner um, on um, a park bench by themselves and they just look at you as one of the scariest things that I'll ever see in my life. Because Omen made me think if I saw a white kid by themselves, something might be wrong with that white kid. But then when you hear some of the crazy things that go on in the world, one of the first thing that they say, hey, that kid was a loner. That kid has some issues. That kid, ha- that stereotypes too. So, because I know you have a lot of white listeners that listen to the show. So I want them to know that even you guys get it when it comes to that. So there's a lot of stereotypes that still go on that through, through all forms of media and I'll put into our minds that makes us think about certain things. So when you draw certain things or when you say certain things or when you create certain things, you might not even be thinking that. But you thought it was a good idea. So you need to understand and you need to listen to other people why it's a bad idea. And 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 so I, I wanted to say time, these black wrestlers, those wrestlers that you named, I saw MVP tweet jordan miles to tell him to call him i saw that when that tweet happened yeah so that so maybe he had an og conversation with him you know what i'm saying and mvp strikes me even with the tattoo that's on his chest that i mean i think that the wwe told him like to cover up i think it was a tattoo of malcolm x or whatever but like oh even with his promo and impact like he but him he's gonna know like i this is the conversation i need to have have but make no mistake about it these conversations that y'all having with Jordan Miles need to be had, but we need to start having conversations about how me, how you would put it, we ain't we shouldn't have to throw pancakes around to get over. Oh. I shouldn't have to be a pimp to get over. I shouldn't have to I shouldn't have to be a reverend to get over. I shouldn't have to be a manager of a white wrestler for years who goes to the deepest, darkest part of Abakim. I shouldn't have to do that. You know, I shouldn't have to be go from being one of the strongest men in the world and being a former tag team champion to a man who is from Congo and dancing in the ring. I shouldn't have to be dancing with a bird. 
She doesn't do none of this stuff. I know. And The Rock kind of, I think, broke the mold of, of all of that. Um, I I made a list. To a point. To a point, huh? Because The Rock is Contail Pro. I said it on the show. We did the oral history of The Rock. The Rock is Contail Pro. Because The Rock came in really displaying his Samoan heritage. Right. But then he became black with the nation of uh, the nation of domination. But then he takes over the nation of domination. In our history, hood, with what we've seen, the black organizations get taken down from the inside. Right. That means the rock is cocktail pro. <laughs> He's point tail pro. I didn't think about that. Yeah, that's true. Nah. <laughs> Oral history of the rock. Shouts out to Cam Quotes for really bringing that out there. <laughs> Cam from the court going it out there. But I mean, it, that's, look what I just look how I broke that down to you. Like, dang, I didn't even really think about that. <laughs> he came in really embracing this Samoan heritage. They really did. They talked about Rocky Johnson, but they really talked. They talked about High Chief Peter Maivia. But then Rocky Johnson helped his son in Madison Square Garden. But then he's now all of a sudden he's black. <laughs> but then when he when he kicks out Farouk, now all of a sudden the Godfather's the pimp. Yeah. Mark Henry is hypersexual. Right. Right. Yeah. See, that's the thing. Like that's because that's what we all were, were. You know, all of us African Americans were just hypersexual and love yes. to throw pancakes. Yes. So. This is why you need more people like us in these rooms. Because then we're going to be like, nah, we don't need you trying to portray Mark Henry as a Mandingo warrior. <laughs> Mark Henry is 450 pounds with not a lot of body fat. He can destroy you with his bare hands. Just let him be mean. Let yeah. him be King Kong Bundy. Yeah. Oh, I can't, can't do that. Can't get out. No, can't do that. It's only one Bundy, pal. <laughs> only one Bundy, pal. Mark, you got to... I mean, so I, I made a little list while we were talking, right? So the list of, of black wrestlers pretty much in our lifetime that have not had to sing, dance, or throw pancakes. So okay. Shelton Benjamin, yep. who just had the best promo of his life, by the way, two weeks ago. Not I'm, only the... Not only the best promo of his life, hood. You gotta, you have to give me the answer. To this has Brock Lesnar been pinned by a black man? No. There we go. Yeah, well, he, <laughs> no. You can actually name the losses for Brock Lesnar. It's not many. So, so You're right. So, but his best friend. Oh, his best friend came out <laughs> to try to beat up a small Mexican. <laughs> Well, this is well. This is a hell of a way for Ray to go out in the end, though, isn't it? Ray Ray's going out as a, as a punk, like you're Ray mm-hmm. Mysterio, man. You're backed up in the corner by Shelton Benjamin, and you need Kay Velasquez to help you. All right, cool. Um, Ernie Ladd, first black Booker. That's gonna be my new podcast. First black champ. Ah. Mine's gonna be first black Booker. Yeah. <laughs> so, because he he was booking the uh, mid south. Um, he was Bobo Brazil. Bobo was just, he didn't have any kind of gimmick outside of just being a badass. Yeah. Uh, so, MVP. Wait a minute, did Bobo Brazil boogie woogie at least? No, he ain't boogie woogie. Hell no, he didn't do that. Somebody boogie woogie. It wasn't him. Bobo didn't do that. Bobo was too big to, to dance. With the clap, like, ah! Know when you know black wrestlers they love to shake the knees, <laughs> <laughs> they love to shake the <laughs> no, 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 Bobo didn't do yeah. that. No, <laughs> so I'm like, ah, 
Somebody's gonna listen to this podcast and be like, "Okay, Jared Banks crazy." <laughs> he did not shake his knees. <laughs> give me, give me five on a blackhead. <laughs> no, he did not do that. No, Rufus R. Jones did that. Bobo did not there we do go. that. <laughs> yes, Rufus R. in the Kansas City territory did that. Um, <laughs> by the way, where's that? Po- where's that podcast of white wrestlers doing? Um, Black things. Where's the Dusty Rhodes, Billy Graham, Jimmy Valiant podcast? Where's that? Oh, uh, uh-uh. so you beat me to it because I was talking. Uh, we're going to talk about that on First Black Chair next okay. week. Okay, we're, we're, we're going to have a racial conversation. We're going to have a race and wrestling conversation because I'm kind of mentioned it in my tweets. I didn't really go there, but the black guys, but. Wrestlers like Hulk Hogan and superstar Billy Graham and Dusty Rhodes, they got over using the Muhammad Ali way of doing things. Everybody stole from Ali in that era between the 70s and 80s. Oh, my God. It was ridiculous. But but Cody Rhodes' career in the WWE, you can pinpoint it, started to go downhill when he married Brandy Rhodes, a.k.a. Sapphire Jones. And that, and that will be on the first Black Champ podcast coming up. <laughs> one other and one other name on here is uh, um, is Bad News Allen. Brown on there? Huh? You got Bad News Allen slash Brown on yes, there? Yes, yes, Bad News Brown, who okay. he was he was going to fight Andre the Giant. So they're so they're both on a bus going someplace in Europe. And Andre, of course, is drunk in the back, and he goes, oh, nigger, yeah. he starts throwing out the N-word, right? And oh. Bad News is like, oh, okay, Andre, I don't appreciate you saying that. That's enough. He goes, okay. He goes, get off the bus. And Andre's like, what? He goes, get off the bus. And Andre would not get off the bus. So they all go to the hotel, and Bad News said he could not sleep all night. He's like, you know what? I'm so pissed at this guy. I'm going to see this guy in the morning. And so he just stood there at the, at the elevator waiting for Andre to come down. Andre comes down, and Andre's, oh, he goes, bad news. bad news, like, Andre, let me talk to you real quick. Come over here in the corner. Let's talk a little bit. Oh, no, no. He goes, I don't appreciate what the fuck you just said to me on that bus about, you know, using using the N-word with me. Don't do that. He goes, oh, I'm Polish. Andre's like, I'm Polish. He goes, I don't give a fuck about that. Let's do it again, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to fuck you up. <laughs> it's like, like so. You know, that's a real story. That's on YouTube. Oh, they should have. And that happened while they was in the WWF. Yes, that's a that's on. Oh my god, that's on YouTube. Oh, <laughs> I've said on First Black Champ many a day that Bad News Brown should have been the first Black Heavyweight Champion, or at least fought Hulk Hogan at a pay per view. I think one of the biggest miscarriages of Black wrestlers was. At WrestleMania 4, Bad News Brown winning the Battle Royal and them not taking advantage of it. They gave him Bret Hart. No, they should have gave him Macho Man out the gate. But they wanted to keep Hulk Hogan in some shit. But off what you just told me right there? Oh, man. Yeah, Andre was afraid of Bad News. And so was everybody. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that story is on. That's a that's a story right before I think shortly before he passed away. But that is on YouTube if you want to see that. Um, bad news and talking about about to just destroy Andre. Andre <laughs> 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 Me, see me. I'm not even gonna front. 
He probably get a pass. Like, you know what, Andre just gonna go too crazy with it. No, he was pissed off. No, you wasn't good enough to. Because here's the thing: because bad news was real, so 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 that's why he was ready to take Andre down because Andre is a punk. Um, (laughs) That's another podcast. Andre is a punk, and here's why. And by the way, there was there was that bad news Hogan match from Saturday Night's main event. That was the that was bad news' first loss on Saturday Night's main event. Yeah, that don't even count. Yeah, I understand. It was on national television, though. Everybody saw it. Was it live? <laughs> yes. It, well, you know. No, it wasn't. That match, I don't think that match was live. <laughs> live to tape, you know. It was they tape. had a green screen behind them. <laughs> <laughs> all all oh. my life, I thought half of those Saturday Night's main events, um, events was live, and it wasn't. It was green screen technology. <laughs> camera comes down. Emphasize <laughs> you, man. And you and also I can put your guy Butch Reed in there. Yeah, Butch Reed. Butch Brian Reed. Simmons. But Butch Reed was real. Like Butch Reed didn't. Butch Reed didn't dance. Didn't want to dance. He just beat some ass, and he was much better as a, a heel than a babyface. He did dye his hair blonde, though. So does Sweet Daddy Siki. That's okay. Yeah. Ah, well, that's one. That's yes, yeah, he did do that. <laughs> If you was black in the 1970s, you had to call somebody Jive. How did you and Jimmy Valen say the same thing? I don't know why that. Man, man, I got. (laughs) If you do that podcast, if hoping you and Cam (laughs) can break that down, because that is something that's not been on on a podcast or radio. And you know what? And one of the reasons why I wanted to bring it up, too, one, I want to bring it up because um, Jordan Miles, ACH, did say, that he, one of his tweets, he did say, name your favorite black wrestlers. And and I think we I think we forget some black wrestlers because we're so used to saying the Booker T's, um, the, and the Ron Simmons, the Butch Reed. I mean, our, our podcast is called First Black Champ. It's in, it's in, no, we, we acknowledge that one of the reasons why we named it that is because of Ron Simmons being the first black heavyweight champion. Um, but we don't forget wrestlers like, you know, Bad News Brown or, um, or Stevie Ray, because people don't talk about Booker Stevie Ray, Ray. yeah. Stevie Ray a lot, they talk about Booker T. Um, and even some other ones, ah, um, Iceman King Parsons is another one, you know, that don't get the love from black wrestling fans because they're still talking about the same ones. I even said that Ernie Ladd really should have, when you think about it, like true legit at a major issue. Ernie Ladd should have got got that. He was a, you know, he was an NFL star. Yes. You no, know, so he he's already a built-in a built-in person. You could have gave him that rub or whatever. Had tremendous matches with Hulk Hogan, tremendous matches with Andre the Giant. You know, um. I mean, and there there are others that we would forget, um, but even one of them did was Missy Hughes' appreciation because Missy Hughes is not appreciated. Agreed. Agreed. So, so give, give him so his yeah, so, give him his flowers while he's alive, bang. Give him his, and I I tweeted that out. He need if it's if there's a black wrestler who needs their their flowers while they're alive, I'm still gonna say it's Mr. Hughes because he came in there. He he was he always too. You was little. You was legit afraid of this dude. He come through with the mean mug, you know it. He pounded his fist and everything. And but he would get 
the other wrestler over. Like, he's coming in to protect you, protect you, so the face has to beat him up to get to you. Do you so, you want you want a good Mr. Hughes story real quick? What's that? So you remember when WCW used to come to the UIC Pavilion because yes. they would still run the UIC Pavilion, right? Even in the early nineties, even when yeah. business was down, I wasn't watching wrestling a lot between ninety and ninety five or ninety six. But if the show came into town, I'd just come in just to see it because Barry Windham's on the card. I'm gonna go see Barry Windham. Fuck it, I'm gonna go see him. But Mr. Hughes, the, the heel locker room was to the right. If you can, because you've been to the pavilion a ton. So think about when you walk in and to the right side, there is an opening and there's two openings. There's one on one side, one on the, on the, on the other, on the right side. And so we sat, me and some of my college guys, we were there on this, just kind of sitting near the heel locker room. We expect anybody to pop out. Sometimes you see Terry Taylor, the, you know, the computerized man, of the 1990s would pop his head out and, all that kind of stuff. But then you saw Mr. Hughes. He came out, still in his gimmick, hat, you know, got had his tie on, sunglasses. And he, he's, and I was sitting near the railing. And I just kind of looked down. I'm like, oh, shit, Mr. Hughes. And he goes, hey, brother, where can you find some pussy? And then we, and and went back to the locker room. <laughs> Mr. Hughes, what? 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 Hey, I didn't know he talked. You know he, never, he, he never Come cut on, a man. promo. I didn't know he. I never told he talked. Come on, hood. You know what it was. See what it. I'm telling you what it is, and you know what it was. So I explain to everybody else in the listening world what hood just basically said. <laughs> There's not a lot of us at these events. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Hughes, I used to use the bodyguard for Luger uh, for the that title run with Harley Race. So yeah, that's that's what that was, and he was there for. They asked me if there's any where could I find some pussy in Chicago. Yes, it's not a lot of us. So what he did is he saw somebody in hood. He was like, oh, he's just like me. Okay, <laughs> I know where he. I know he know where to get it. That only happens. That only happens for two things, ladies and gentlemen. That is women and weed. That don't happen for nothing else. Nobody's gonna say, "Why you get a good burger?" Black person ain't gonna look at another black person like, "Yo, where can I get a good burger?" No, it's like, "Yo, where can I get some weed at?" And where can I get some? Yeah, I am. Uh, where can I get some weed at? Or where can I get some women at? One of one of the two W's. That's what he said. That's what. So shout out to Mr. Hughes. That that is real. Like Mr. Hughes needs his flowers, y'all. Oh God! So, Did he do the look too? Did he have the same look? Yeah, with the with the ups- the, the upside down frown. Oh yes. man! Yes, he did. Yes. Oh. Wait a minute! Did he do it as he was coming out the ring? No, he would just pop it. You know, some of those wrestlers. Oh, up. You know how it is. Like it's you know the the expression sold out at the curtain. Like you're looking out yeah. to see what's going on in the in the in the arena because there's no monitor back there on house shows, obviously. Right. And you just you kind of pop your head out. Cause like I said, I saw Terry Taylor. I saw a couple of the wrestlers just kind of pop their head out because we were sitting, like I said, near the railing toward the back of the arena. And like Hughes came out and he just looked up at me and asked me that question. And like and then he went back. <laughs> so. <laughs> Well, again, first Black Champ podcast, wherever you download your podcast. And I cannot wait for your oral history of uh, black wrestlers without a dancing and um, 
pancake throwing gimmick. That should be fun. Yeah. We we're doing we're doing black wrestlers. We're doing black wrestlers and white wrestlers. We're doing the stereotypes. We're doing that this episode. It's gonna be lit. <laughs> can I send you a list? I have I have a few for you. I have a oh, list for you. Most definitely send that list. I'm telling you, you're gonna hear a lot of the. Ridiculous, man. All right, you and Cam, this is going to, again, FBC Pod. Got to check it out, man. It's going to be a lot of fun. Thanks so much, as always. All right. <laughs> Great to catch up with J.R. Bang uh, from the First Black Champ podcast. Uh, support him because he supports us here at Tuesday Wrestling Tuesday. There's so much with that Jordan Miles story. The bottom line is, is that... If he sees that there is some racism in the WWE and he feels like going on social media is the way to be able to express himself and to shine a light on injustice that he sees, hopefully he'll have the support from other WWE wrestlers in that regard, only to an extent, because when you drag Jay Lethal and, you know, when you do that, that that's a problem. So it's a major problem because you can still make your point about your situation without trying to drag down someone else, no matter what race you are. Um, so that that was a problem. Just a few nuggets before we're out of here. I'd like to remind you that I'll be with Josh Lopez on Thursday as we review the Wednesday night wars, so to speak, between AEW uh, and NXT. Some thoughts about last Friday SmackDown. I did not watch SmackDown on Friday. Uh, as I mentioned on the last podcast, I'm not going to be watching Crown Jewel. Um, just not interested in that pay-per-view, that show that's going to take place in Saudi Arabia. So uh, that's why we'll have Josh at some point to talk <laughs> about it because I won't be watching it. But you think about SmackDown last Friday, and it was on a different channel on FS1 and not on the traditional Fox uh, Friday night uh, television network and the ratings were pretty bad here's some thoughts here from brian alvarez uh, as well as dave Meltzer on what happened as smackdown drew less than nine hundred thousand viewers on fs1 it was still an ungodly horrible number eight hundred and eighty eight thousand viewers this was like half of what everybody expected would be like the low end. Well, I thought the low end would be about 1.5, 1.6 million. I thought the high end would be, if, if I thought if Flair and Hogan meant a lot, they could get it up a little bit, maybe to 1.7 million, but it's still way, way above what ended up happening. I foolishly predicted 1.9. I was off by a million viewers. I don't even have an explanation because it makes absolutely no sense. And people who've tried to give explanations, their explanations have made no sense. Because... What are the explanations you've been given? That Aside from nobody watched. That it's Friday. Well, SmackDown was on Friday three weeks ago and it did. Exactly. Okay. Um, that nobody could find the channel, which is ridiculous. Because you can find the channel. I mean, it's like, it's like I will grant you that, like, like just like look an example is, is the week before, um, UFC was on ESPN two, a channel it's never on, and they did, you know, a little bit less than they would have probably done on ESPN, um, but people found the channel when they did the prelims on FX. People found the channel. I mean, they were lower, but they were, you know, they weren't like a drop like this. 
So there's really no explanation for it. And I mean, again, it's like, it's, it's a weird thing that happened. Um, I don't know that it's concerning. I mean, next week, I mean, if it's concerning or not, I mean, there's nothing that you can really say until next week. I mean, if next week's number ends up being really bad, um, then this week's number was, a uh, you know, very significantly telling, hey, this is the warning, you know. But if next week's number ends up being like 2.5 million, then uh, all we got to say is, is that wrestling fans are not as loyal as we thought to, to WWE on Friday. Could be. Could be. There was the World Series, sure. But does that make SmackDown and that number that low just because the World Series is on? Baseball is still niche. And I don't know if the majority of sports fans, everybody was rushing to the TV to see the Washington Nationals against Houston Astros. Two big markets, sure. Two top 15 markets in television. But FS1 is still something that you should be able to find. And that was not a great number. And it was not great with young people and with um, with women. So we'll see. I, I think that that number is alarming that you get under a million people watching SmackDown, but it's a WWE. They will find a way to survive because as Dave Meltzer just mentioned, going back to traditional Fox, maybe they'll be back around that 1.52 million viewer mark. All I know is that if you are Fox and you're trying to win the night every Friday, um, they're looking for big numbers because of how much money they put into it. So after the first week and how it drops after a million viewers, and it continues to drop. That's not what Fox wanted. We'll keep our eyes on that story, of course. Now, I'm not really digging into the numbers and giving you all the granular detail with television ratings, but when you start hearing major drops in ratings, like we see with Wednesday nights, same thing, drops every week with both brands. You know, again, people are busy. They can watch when they want to watch um, and with DVRs on demand. They'll watch it on Hulu, whatever, but it's, uh, it's quite interesting to see some of how these television ratings, how they were 20 years ago versus now, and the importance of them. Shouts out to MLW. They'll have their super fight, first pay-per-view ever in the history of MLW. Shouts out to Court Bauer because they're going to be in Chicago at the Cicero Stadium this Saturday for MLW. Great for them. That's a company that continues to be on the rise we've had court on the program before you can go back in the archives and listen to the interview and other interviews you might have missed just subscribe and hit uh, that subscribe button for tuesday wrestling tuesday wherever you download your podcast and of course on youtube youtube.com tuesday wrestling tuesday boy i've had so many wi-fi problems at the house i was able to piecemeal this show together but it was not easy as a matter of fact this last segment just between you and i I'm doing this for my car down the street from my house. <laughs> it's been, this has not been a good day. Rainy and cold and Wi-Fi issues, but I'm doing all I can to put together this edition of Tuesday Wrestling Tuesday in my car. I'm going to do the rest of these shows from my car. I like the acoustics. Sounds good. It's better than my office, as a matter of fact. There you go. There's a little horn for you. Right, in my car doing Tuesday Wrestling Tuesday. Oh, what's going on with the Wi-Fi, but glad we were able to give you a show here for another Tuesday right here on Tuesday Wrestling Tuesday. Tell people from his car that Jonathan Hood's talking wrestling. 
Tuesday, Wrestling Tuesday. Talk to you later on the week with Josh Lopez. So long, everybody.